Hey, sisters, before we dive into this podcast episode, I wanted to take a minute and recognize that this is that really strange week between, you know, Christmas and New Year's where you're not really sure what to do with yourself. You know, you really should just be doing very little, you know, and you're probably sick of all the holiday stuff and you want to get healthy, but it's a wild time. And I love it as a time to actually be a bit more reflective and learn. Think about what you want for yourself, what you really want to feel in your body, and ask those deeper questions. And to help you do that, I wanted to share with you two promo codes that I'm offering for this week only, uh, 50% off any of my courses, which help you with just kickstarting your hormone rebalancing, more, more knowledge in your body, understanding all of that. So you'll, I'll put the link in the, in the show notes here. Just swipe up and you'll use holiday 50 for 50% off any of my courses. And if you're someone who is ready to take action but doesn't need long-term accountability, then I am giving a, a coupon for Happy Hormones, it's called, which is $100 off my exclusive um, hormone healing analysis. It's a 90-minute session where we just dive in and create your plan and strategy. But for those of you who maybe are a little bit more like me and know that you should feel better than you do, you've been trying all the things, you've been feeling really frustrated, and it's not as simple as just buying a strategy or creating a customized strategy, you know that you need that mindset work to help you actually follow through on the strategy and heal maybe old mindset stuff that's keeping you really stuck. I want to remind you that this week and next week are the last two weeks that my applications for my exclusive two-month hormone rebalancing one-on-one coaching program is open for. It is my closest container where I only take on eight women for two months. I only open it about three times a year so that we can dive deep, create that customized strategy for you, but really focus on the mindset piece of what's keeping you from following through on your goals. And this was the big shift that I had to make in order for me to follow through. I had all the strategy I needed. I just kept running into roadblocks and I didn't understand how to get through that. And for me, it's always been investing in myself, hiring a coach that's helped me to overcome what's keeping me blocked because it's really hard to see yourself from inside the frame. And when you have that expert um, another set of eyes that's an expert in this area, then not only do you start to realize why you're stuck, but you start to cultivate the unique paths to keep you consistent so that you're not just staying there. We are all masters of our own self-sabotage. And until you recognize what that is and push through and create new pathways, and reframe the way you've been thinking, it's pretty hard to get there on your own. This is this is what I have been. I've made a career out of, you know, being in the wellness industry and being, being healthy and fit for over 12 to 15 years now. And it still took me three years all by myself, along with a coach, to get myself out of a big slump. 
So I know it's not an easy piece. Swipe up if you're someone who's been struggling, you know, if you find yourself stuck in the closet, frustrated with with how to with what to wear, if you know you should feel better than you do, if you're starting to feel like you can't keep going this way in your body and in your life, your energy is sucking, your weight is gaining, your clothes aren't fitting, your relationships suffering, you're snappy at your children, whatever it is that's that's keeping you there, you know you're frustrated and you're ready to change and Googling stuff just isn't working anymore. So swipe up, apply for one of my spots. We will sit down. I don't take everyone. I'll let you know if it's not the right thing for you and point you in another direction. And uh, if you're approved, we'll schedule a call. We'll talk about that. All right. That's it. Enjoy this weird week. Be still, be calm, turn in, and let's dive in. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey, hey, sisters. It is Bria here, your host of the Period Whisperer podcast. And I have a special guest here with me today, Samantha Gladish, who is a hormone nutritionist and a business mentor and someone who I have followed for a long time with her Wellness Witch podcast, who has so much expertise and understanding of this area that we are all going through in the perimenopause years. Um, And I'm honored to have you on, Samantha, to talk a little bit more about this. Also a fellow Canadian. (laughs) I know we have a lot of Canadians up there. I get to identify with both worlds, Canada and the US, but I'm so happy you're here. Um, Thank you for your time. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. It means a lot. Yeah, you've got, I love everything you cover in your podcast. You know, you really dive into so many aspects of health, like that are really relevant, not only to what people are talking about these days, but what to really, what's really relevant to women specifically. Awesome. Thank you. That means a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this landscape? For sure. So I can take it pretty far back, but um, I was really always innately interested in food and nutrition and well-being, like just from a young age, I was very much connected to that. And um, I grew up in a household where like my mother made everything from scratch and my being around my grandmother who made everything from scratch and, you know, had their garden. And I just, I just loved it. I was so connected to that. And so um Of course, those healthy habits when you're young, they die hard when you're a teenager. (laughs) So, you know, you're eating out like fast food with friends and all that kind of junk. And um, so that led me to having, you know, just discomfort with my period and my cycle and cramping and just all the things and migraines and headaches. And so that led to me going on the birth control pill. And so I, I mean, I didn't know 
what I didn't know, right? So I thought I was doing my body good and supporting my hormones. And and so I I actually went to University of Toronto because I thought I wanted to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until afterwards I realized, um, number one, I don't want to be a teacher. And I'm really obsessed with health and wellness. Oh my God, I didn't know you could be a nutritionist as a full-time job, that that could be like your career. So I, I went to study nutrition and in my first month at nutrition school, we we actually started talking about the birth control pill, sure enough. It just kind of came up in conversation with one of the teachers. And I learned so much just in that conversation. And I was like, oh my God, I've been on the pill for like eight years and I can't believe this. And and so that conversation was a huge catalyst to me, just like coming off of the pill and kind of taking charge of my hormones and diving in deeper. I mean, nutrition school just on its own taught me so much and how to really, you know, self-advocate and just really connect to my body. Um, And so since then, I've continued to take numerous courses and trainings and whatnot. And I really just decided, you know, this is, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to go support other women, all of this information that I'm learning and all this healing that I'm going through. I want to be able to share this with other women and I want this to be my career. Mm -hmm. So, um, I went out there trying to get clients and in those beginning stages had no idea what I was doing and I really didn't get clients. Um, And I worked in the health and wellness space for a really long time, like managing health food stores. And um, I was a sales rep for numerous uh, supplement companies. And then basically one thing led to another where I actually ended up getting fired from my job. And um, it all happened in divine timing because this was an opportunity for me to just go full force and growing and building my business. And and um, that's kind of that. <laughs> I love that. That's the, it's, It is funny how when we start, when we look back and you realize like that divine timing that comes in and kind of finally takes you down that path of where you totally. Really yes. Yeah. It feels like we fight it a little bit along the way, don't you? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I fought it for so long. Like I knew I wanted to have my own business and coach clients, but I, you know, I had one foot in the door kind of like working on my business and trying to work with clients and then one foot in the door at this company and the safety, the security, the regular paycheck, like, you know, that's a real thing. And so to let that go and to just kind of dive right in, it was really uncomfortable, but I knew it had to be done. And I was actually going to quit, but I woke up one day and I was like, no, there's something that's telling me to hold off. And like literally two weeks later, I got fired. And I was like, yay, <laughs> it worked out even better. <laughs> even better. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I love what you said earlier too about how really like that conversation with that teacher or something was the beginning of you starting to connect more with yourself. Totally. It feels a lot like you know, what so many of us are struggling with that, that, you know, certainly in the, I mean, always, but I think in the 35 to 55 age range, this perimenopause is that we're really disconnected from our body and what it says to us and what it needs. Totally. And that's no one's fault. It is the fault of media and social media, right? Like TV, magazine, like all of the things Mm -hmm. and we, and all the different diets like there's so much confusion that of course we feel so disconnected and lost and overwhelmed. Like we don't even know how to trust ourselves anymore. We don't even know how to tune in. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, it's unfortunate, but 
there's definitely a way back and it, there, there really is a way back to it. And this is, you know, why, why we do the work that we do so that we can educate women and so that they can learn and that they can understand. And also just thinking about like the school system, no one's really taught this. Mm-hmm. Like we're not taught really about reproductive health and our periods and our hormones. And this should be taught. This should be a vital part of our learning and growing up. And it's not. I mean, goodness gracious, we're not even taught like how to use pads and tampons properly, let alone, it's you know, so like, true. that's left up to the family home, which yes. I, I just, doesn't happen. yeah, like we just, there's so much information here. And, and so, you know, like you said, it's no one's fault. It's what culture, but it's like when nobody takes control, then culture just gets to spin the story. And that's 100%. Yeah, where we've landed. And and I guess this is where, as you said, we have the beautiful opportunity of sharing this and, and reminding women that they have, it's not their fault, but they get to have that responsibility and that ownership yes. to bring it back. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to these times in, you know, these perimenopause years, you know, what, I mean, obviously I talk a lot on the podcast about what we're feeling in our bodies, but what are you noticing to be, you know, the biggest suffering that women are going through right now? Yeah, well, symptomatically, I'm sure, you know, you and I see a lot of similarities across the board. You kind of head into those 40s, mid 40s and weight gain, moodiness, changes in your cycle, whether it's a long cycle or a short cycle or more heavy bleeding, um, sleep issues, anxiety, right? Uh, That just irritability that's showing up. That's mm-hmm. a lot of the common symptoms that mm-hmm. I, I see showing up. And it's it's not normal. I mean, it's like, it's hard to say. It's common. <laughs> yeah, it's common. It's definitely common, but it's not normal. Yeah. And, but however, like so many women go through it that we think that that's the normal. And, and then of course, when we go to our doctors looking for support, we're told, it's normal and this is a part of aging. Mm-hmm. So that narrative is just what we really believe. And there's so much that we can actually do about it. Yeah. And yeah. let's talk about that. Cause you're right. I think, you know, it's the narrative and just, I mean, and it's social, a social narrative in like the movies we watch and the TV shows and also, yes. you know, from our, our doctors, it's very dismissive how we feel in this time. It's like, Oh, this is what it is. Like you just have to accept it. And yeah you know, obviously a big part of what we're trying to do here is let people know that you do not and you should not. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Actually, this is making me think of recently, I went to go see Menopause the Musical with a friend of mine and it's, it was really good, really, really funny. I mean, the women in it, just like the fact that they, their talent, they're performing like literally six nights a week. It's insane. And it was really hilarious, but I kept turning to my girlfriend and just being like, oh my God, like, is this, is this it? Like, really? Like, this is what's coming for me? You know, the, the hot flashes and the weight gain and like all of it, right. The irritability, the moodiness, their changes with their cycle, everything that I mentioned. And like, obviously they made it fun and entertaining. And the woman next to me turns to me and she's like, they make it look easy. She's like, trust me, it's nothing like that. It's terrible. And I was just like, oh my God, there's a part of me that I'm like, I just want to get out of here and run right now. But again, like this is the narrative. And 
there's so much that's missing here because we're not being taught how to support our bodies. We're not being taught how to really take charge of it. And I think so many women are just overwhelmed and they're stressed out that like even the thought of putting themselves first seems so challenging. But the putting yourself first, I also think we in our heads think we need to jump on the next diet bandwagon and it requires restriction and it requires deprivation and like making this crazy overhaul. And it doesn't have to be that hard. Like there really are simple shifts that we can start to make, but we, as human beings, we complicate it all. Yeah, we really do. Cause I almost feel like the, like the most important thing we do first is not actually more, but less right? and giving yourself that permission to do nothing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not feeling shame or guilt over that, not feeling lazy over that. Like, you know, to yeah. kind of almost rebalance out the high productivity that we put out. We almost that it's not about what diet you're on or what you're going to eat or not eat. It's like, oh, let's just chill the heck out here and just let the body recalibrate for a hot minute. Yes, 100%. And I think there's a lot of women that probably listen to your show who are like go-getters, type A personality, you know, very much myself. I get it. Um, and so it becomes hard to slow down. And we are just in this like doing, doing, doing phase for so long that it's really cortisol and adrenaline that's running the show. Mm-hmm. And we become addicted to cortisol and adrenaline. We don't realize that that's what we're addicted to, but that's really what's happening here because cortisol and adrenaline are, they're powerful hormones and they're going to increase your blood flow. They're going to decrease your appetite. So you feel like you're, my God, I'm a rock star. I can get through the day and do all this work and I don't even need to stop to eat. I don't even feel hungry. And we think that's a good thing, Um, right? We're going to have heightened memory because cortisol and adrenaline, that's what it does. It's really helping us to survive. Mm-hmm. It's a fight. It's a fight or flight. And we're putting ourselves in this chronic position every single day with work and bills and kids and family and a million commitments and people pleasing, but also things like not getting enough sleep, not hydrating, under eating, restricting carbohydrates or fats or things like that. Mm -hmm. That is a stressor to the body. And so again, it's all driving up cortisol and adrenaline. And then we become so addicted I had never thought of it like that. That's amazing Mm -hmm. to think about. You're right. Like, you know, I I knew we were addicted to this real hustle mentality and that I still think like over productivity is a real numbing mechanism. It's like, well, I'm not good. I can't handle this. So I'm just going to do more to avoid it or to get overpassed. Totally. But that is like, that's the chemical side of the, uh, that addiction. Yes. Like the nicotine cigarette. It's like, that's the piece. Totally. It totally is the piece. Yeah. Wow. That's really fascinating. So now we have women who are reaching these like years where we're having a natural hormone dysregulation who are not only habitually addicted to doing this or this high level of productivity, but then they're actually chemically addicted to it as well. Correct. 100%. Yep. It it really is a chemical addiction and it becomes really hard to break that cycle. Really, really hard, Um, but it's totally doable. And if you want to heal and you want to get better and you want to manage those symptoms, it's necessary. It's necessary. Yeah. Because what happens in your experience, what happens if we don't heal that? Yeah. So there's this whole cascade effect, right? And So what happens is when we have this cortisol and adrenaline surge, essentially, we often are familiar with the term adrenal fatigue, right? Mm -hmm. So, or adrenal burnout. And I mean, it's a bit of a misleading term 
really what's happening is you are overworking your adrenals. Yes, you are forcing this overproduction of cortisol and adrenaline. And really what's happening is how you get that cortisol and adrenaline is because your adrenals are communicating to your brain and it's asking your brain to send these hormones. So your brain communicates to your body, of course. And so your brain is going to send these hormones. And what will happen is, you know, every day you're just like, oh, I got bills. Oh, I got stress. Oh, the work. Oh, my kids. Oh, you know, all the things. And like, give me more cortisol. Give me more adrenaline, like more, more, more. So your adrenals are constantly asking the brain for this. And then at one point, your brain will just be like, oh my God, I'm so tired and exhausted here. And like, there's there becomes this communication breakdown. And so you go from this like crazy high to a serious crash, but it will take you a really long time to get to the crash. Like it will. But what's happening is as you're climbing, as you're climbing this hill to get to the crash, all these symptoms are starting to show up. And so when you have these high functioning adrenals, you actually have a low functioning thyroid. So they cannot function at the same time. And your adrenal output is going to override everything else. And so that starts to shut down all these other important processes in the body. And your thyroid it's a master gland and your thyroid hormones are involved in every, every cellular process in the body. I like to think of your thyroid as like your metabolic igniter. And I think a lot of us are familiar with the term metabolism. Although when we think of metabolism, we think of weight gain or weight loss. That's typically what we think of, but metabolism is way more than that. Metabolism is your brain health, it's growth and repair, hair growth, nail growth. Mm -hmm. It is fertility. It is digestion. Yes, it is involved in weight gain and weight loss, but it is just so much more than that. It is so beyond that. And so your thyroid really governs that. Sorry, were you going <laughs> to, I, yeah, I, like, I think you were going to ask Zoe. <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to encourage the listeners to go and listen to your um, episode on your podcast about metabolism that you talked about, because you, in there alone, you spoke about a couple of things that I was even surprised. Like I got to learn on there, which was incredible is that even frequent urination in the night is a sign of yes. a, like a lower dysfunctional metabolism. Absolutely. I had no idea about that. Yeah. So what's happening is that you're not absorbing minerals and the nutrients into the cell to actually hydrate the cell. Mm -hmm. And so your body's not holding, it's not holding onto it and you're probably undernourished. And mm -hmm. so you're just, you're peeing more. So when we are urinating more frequently, it's a sign that we are minerally deficient. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, That's incredible. So I uh, yes, please go and listen to this this episode. I'll I'll put maybe I'll put the number in the in the um, show notes here so people can go directly to it because it was a really sure. really relevant one for sure. But I apologize. For no, not at all. Go, <laughs> go ahead, whatever questions. Um, I can continue on with yeah. the like the whole thyroid thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So basically, with your thyroid, it starts to bottom out because your adrenals are taking over. Mm -hmm. And so we get this low thyroid output, which means now we suffer with constipation. It actually means our just overall digestion is really sluggish. Our thyroid starts to impact our sex hormones. So we have lower production of sex hormones. Mm -hmm. And really what happens is your active thyroid hormone, which is your T3, 
it actually helps to convert cholesterol into steroidal hormones. So like your sex hormones, but when you have this low output, what happens is that T3 takes that cholesterol and now converts it into cortisol. So it's kind of bypassing the sex hormones and just going straight to cortisol because you're in such a fight and flight state. So you start to produce more cortisol and then your cholesterol actually starts to rise. So we go to the doctors with, I'm moody, I'm gaining weight, I'm exhausted, I'm tired. I, you know, like what's going on here? Things are shifting. And the doctor's like, well, here's, you know, they they run your labs and it's like, here's thyroid medic, uh, lowering, here's your desiccated, no, sorry, what am I saying? Not desiccated thyroid, uh, which is an option, which is a great option actually. But typically it's Synthroid that they prescribe mm-hmm. and cholesterol lowering medication. So now you get sent off with cholesterol drugs, thyroid drugs. Often they give you the birth control pill. Maybe they throw in an antidepressant and here you go in with all of these symptoms and then you're sent on your way with just a handful of medications that doesn't actually address the root of, you know, why this all showed up in the first first place. Yeah. Which, I mean, would you agree this, why this showed up in the first place has, as you, as we now know, has to do with stress, has a huge amount to do with lifestyle choices then? Oh, 100%. Like yeah. I mean, genetics, of course, which is always there for people. Yes. It feels like a sliver compared to the giant pie of lifestyle. 100%. Yeah. Your genetics load the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Mm, I like that. That's a yeah. good one. <laughs> yeah. So when you, you know, what are, when you think about this aspect of like the reduction of, you know, the lifestyle choices or this, obviously we need to slow our role on this cortisol addiction. You know, what are your first steps or what do you recommend for people to begin to either take stock of their life and take a look at this aspect or, you know, get off the sauce, stopping so addicted <laughs> to cortisol and adrenaline. Yeah, absolutely. So of course, there's so much that we can do. Um, nutritionally, I think what's happening is so many women, because they're type A driven, go, 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 they are often skipping meals. And that's a huge stressor to the body. So mm-hmm. when you think about sex hormone production, your period, metabolism, energy, sleep, like when you think about all the things your body has to do in a day, even just thinking, right? And processing and memory, movement, anything, that is a lot of energy output. And that energy requires nutrition. It requires nutrients. Mm -hmm. And so if you're under eating, you're just not giving your body the fuel that it needs. And so this is why you feel so depleted. So fasting, I know it's become such a big thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, I did it for years and yeah. you know, it it worked for me until it didn't. And <laughs> right. And you just get to this point where again you're fasting and you you're living off of stress hormones. That's a, mm-hmm. again what's happening there. You're it's a stressor to the body. You're under eating, you're causing cortisol adrenaline surge. So you become addicted to it. You think it's a great thing and it's a great feeling. And then at some point you're going to come crashing down. So I see that happen often. And it's not to say that everybody should stop fasting or all women. It's just that if you're already in a really depleted state and you can't sleep and you're highly stressed and you're having all these symptoms showing up and you're just not eating enough overall, stop fasting. It's just adding fuel to the fire. 
Yeah. Yeah. Or not eating regularly. Even. Correct. Right. Yeah. Just not eating regularly. So mm-hmm. like one of the biggest things is to eat within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up. Mm-hmm. Just actually eat a meal, like make that a priority. Yeah. Stop fasting and get in some really good protein, some carbohydrates, some fats at breakfast. Yeah. You've already been fasting all night. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, what's yeah. the, you know, what's we are fasting. We fast from when, you yes. know, whenever you finish your dinner, or even if you're, if, even if you're a snacker at night, you know, but like you're fasting from probably 8 PM until like 6 AM, right? For there. sure. That's yeah. It's, fast. it's true. It could be anywhere from eight to 12 hours. Just just normally, right? So you're already fasting. So it's definitely important to eat 30 to 30 to 60 minutes. That's massive, especially when you have those like energy slumps around 2 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Just having a meal in the morning can change that drastically. And of course, what you have as that meal in the morning can it correct. Happen? Correct. Like if you're drinking coffee and having a bagel, probably not. So food first. Make sure that you have food first Mm -hmm. and then you have your coffee. That's important. You want to make sure there's fuel in the tank and nutrition in there before you have your coffee. And there should be a really good balance of macronutrients, have protein, have carbohydrates, have some fat. I think most people think like, oh, breakfast has to be like breakfasty foods, but it's really just another meal of the day. So really anything goes. I often eat my leftovers from the night before. Oh, I love leftovers. Like cold dinner for breakfast is the best. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. I actually saw you talk about having like peaches and cottage cheese and raw milk for breakfast on maybe in your feed. I was like, that sounds like an incredible breakfast. Yeah, it was delicious. It was delicious. And that's like my mini breakfast. That's my like just before I go to the gym so I can have some fuel. Then after my breakfast or after my workout, then I eat breakfast. Yeah. Same. I love that. Depending on if you're, when you're going to move, if you're going to move, it's nice. Totally. All option or a big. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I find, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Like if I'm going into the gym to like lift weights, like again, that's significant energy output. I need some calories in my body or I'm so depleted. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you need to eat a ton, but just something. No, but actually fuels your work as someone who comes from the fitness background. Like it's, it's yes. especially if you're weightlifting, which is ultimately weightlifting and expansion work like yoga is really what we should be focused on right now in our age. Right. And yeah, like you're going to get a better workout if you have some fuel in the tank than if you're going in, you know, empty. 100%. Oh, it's such an important one. I think it's important to to recognize as well, you know, this addiction that we have, you know, my mind's grinding on it because I think it's such an incredible example. (laughs) You know, like all addictions, you're going to run out of this stuff at some point, right? Like, like an addict. You're going to hit a point where your body's no longer producing it when you get in that full burnout. Totally. So you're going to have to face the music of it and your your journey, your rehab back is going to be a lot harder if you wait until you hit that point than if you start. 100%. Yeah. And that's typically what's happening, right? We are like, we're never going to not produce cortisol and adrenaline. It's just that you're your body's going to compensate so much to to keep up with those hormones that everything else is going to start to suffer. But then what happens when you're compensating that much, you've just swung the pendulum like so far. And now to bring it back, it becomes so much harder. It really does. This is why the longer you wait, Mm -hmm. the harder it is. So I don't, I want to be clear that it's not to say like, oh, you're in your sixties, 
too bad. Like you can't, you know, I'm not saying that at all. You can start at any time. Mm -hmm. It's just the longer you wait. Yeah. It can become a bit more challenging for sure. And let's all remember, you know, as we head into this age bracket as well, women are equally consumed by aging as they are with pain yes. and stress. And, you know, like that, what happens in the body with that constant drip of that at that capacity is a fast aging process. And, you know, when you're 40 and 50 starts to look very different on people, depending on those lifestyle choices. So if 100%, if looking youthful is a value and feeling youthful <laughs> is a value to you, yes. motivation there, I think. For totally. You. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we've covered some nutritional side. So obviously that regular eating, you know, eating within 30, 60 minutes of waking and that regular eating, what else do you find, you know, in lifestyle that can make it pack a big punch for people? Yeah. So two of the biggest things is sunlight and sleep. So, and they're both free. They're <sighs> free people. <laughs> you don't need to reach for the most expensive supplement or all these fancy testing. And I'm not against them. They're fantastic. They definitely serve a role. But again, we complicate things and it doesn't have to be so complicated. So sunlight is so essential. Getting outside when you wake up in the morning for 10 to 15 minutes and exposing your your body and your eyes actually to the sunlight, even if it's a cloudy day, rainy day, snowy day, whatever it is, I'm in Canada. It's <laughs> really cold. I hate going out in the winter. Hate it. But I do it anyways. And just exposing yourself to that natural light is what actually sets your circadian rhythm. So then it also helps to set your melatonin, which is your sleepy hormone. It helps with your serotonin production, which is your happy hormone, yeah. right? And so if, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but if you're struggling with sleep at night, getting sunlight is what actually is going to help support sleep at night. So if you get outside 10 to 15 minutes, make that a priority. So many of us do not go outside. Like mm -hmm. we literally wake up, go to the kitchen, have our coffee, get in our car, go to go to work, we're under artificial light all day, get back in the car, go home. Mm -hmm. Just no outdoor, outdoor time. So mm -hmm. we need to make that a priority. And, and then the next one is sleep. So having a healthy sleep routine, no Netflix and wine at, you know, midnight. <laughs> and I know that that could be how a lot of women want to decompress, but it really is not serving your nervous system and your hormones. So. Yeah. It's yeah. a good reminder. Like you pay the piper somewhere along the lines, right? You don't get some, right. if you're going to try to, right. argue, you're going to try to force yourself into a relaxation with substances and numbing, you are going to pay for that somewhere. And there's the time and place. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a happy Netflix and whiner myself here and there, but it's you know it's oh, totally you're in that chaos. It yes. Um yeah. how would you describe a good bedtime routine then? Yeah. So getting to bed ideally at 10 is is really the ideal time. I mean I know that what happens sometimes is like women are like, well, I went to bed at midnight, but I woke up like at eight and I had like such a long sleep and it was great. And it's like, well, actually most of the repair and the growth hormone and the detox mm -hmm. and the rejuvenation is happening between 11 and 2 a.m. So if you are going to bed at midnight, you're actually missing a lot of time to really repair and rejuvenate. I mean, even like maybe 11 to 3 a.m. So if you go to bed too late, you miss a lot of that repair. So you could even wake up being like, oh, I slept like eight hours or nine hours, but still feel 
really groggy and exhausted. And, and so that will really start to impact you obviously the next day, because when you're exhausted and you're tired, you're probably not like, Ooh, I want to have a kale salad. (laughs) (laughs) You want to reach for the sugar and the coffee and right. And so it just ends up leading to like more bad and poor choices, food choices for sure. Um, so 10 PM and definitely minimizing screen time at least an hour before bed. So, you know, if, even if you have blue light, blue light blocking glasses would be great. So definitely no screens, no phone. I don't want to hear this. I need to check my email. Nobody needs to check their email at 1030 at night. Like there needs to be a cutoff time. For That's a work. bad boundary. Let's just put that up there. That is a bad yes. boundary. You need a new 100 100%. 100%. And like, I can understand being a business owner. There are certain times of the year where it's a busy time and there's things launching and projects and there's a lot on my plate, but I'm not checking my email at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock. There's still a boundary there. Like this idea that like it's all going to fall apart if we don't take instant action on dealing with it. That's just a bit of a reframe that we need to give ourselves. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to just a little, (laughs) it'll be there the next day. Nothing's going to fall apart. It will all be fine. Nothing is an emergency. So I'm always reminding myself that in business and, um, yeah, so 10 p.m. cutting off that, you know, artificial light would be really important. And um just finding ways to just like slow down in the evening. So it's not just like just going to bed at at, at a specific time, but th- like what are you doing leading up to that? Because if it's too stimulating, that's gonna impact you falling asleep. Um, lights in your house, that's actually something to, to think about, right? If the lights are super bright, that can actually impact melatonin production. So we always have dimmers and candles and like our our house is pretty like kind of dark at night um, just to mimic the natural rhythms of the sun and the moon, right? So that's what we're trying to mimic in our home and keeping the lights dim and that helps support sleep and melatonin production. And it is communicating to your body like, hey, it's time to settle down and get ready for bed. So it's no yeah. different than, you know, for all the women out there who have children. I mean, we did this yes. for our babies when they're young, you know, like you have this sleep yeah. routine, you give them a bath, you, you know, you read them a story, you dim the lights, like you calm, you speak more calmly. It's it's really the same thing that 100% require of that. So 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's all about learning how to reparent ourselves, really. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Truth, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, that so many of us are like, I'm great at giving advice, but I'm not the best at taking it. Taking it, it. yeah. Totally. We have to work on ourselves before we think we can fix the world at times. But I, I, you know, I love this. So, okay, so sunshine, you know, the right and sunshine and sleep. And I understand, I know a lot of women are struggling with sleep, and I'm not sure what how you like to talk through it, but I think it's sometimes just the, again, when you start that routine record, just the release and the allowing, like if you're just in your bed during those hours and relaxing until you can get the other aspects, you know, your circadian rhythm sorted out, that's enough. We don't have to try to force it or have a lot of anxiety around it. Totally. Yeah. And I think just that thought of like, I can never fall asleep or I never have a good sleep. Like if we're constantly in that mindset. Yeah. You're probably not going to have a great sleep because you're stressing over it and causing so much anxiety around it. Right. 
Yeah. So this is why like calming yourself leading up to, to bedtime is, is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know we're jumping around here, but I'm so fascinated by all this part. If, if we're trying to repair our metabolism then, because yeah. this is part of it, if we understand that, um, you know, and that, that regular eating, that sleep and, you know, when we're in the trauma, is there anything else we can be doing in the day that you recommend to help support that, to start to, you know, give us some relief of this suffering? Yeah. So definitely. I mean, nutrition for sure. Getting in enough calories is really important. So stop skipping meals. Mm -hmm. That is essential. Um, And I think everybody is different in terms of, I know we have like snackers and grazers and I don't really recommend snacking and grazing because Mm -hmm. you are, I mean, essentially what's happening there is you're constantly forcing like your insulin to go to work Mm -hmm. and causing a lot more blood sugar instability. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know a lot of people will say like, you should eat every like, you know, two to three hours and have six meals a day. And I think there might be days where that could be the thing for you because of how the, the schedule is going that day. And just maybe the length of time, it's a longer day. Like that may be the case, but I think more than anything, we need to stop snacking and grazing and just focus on eating in more meals because that snacking and grazing is oftentimes, it can even be very calorie dense, but it's just not like the right nutrition, nutritionally dense foods. So um, focus on meals. That's really, really important. And it doesn't mean you just need to have three meals a day. You know, I often find I have four. That kind of seems to be my... Yeah. Or like <laughs> there might even be like real four core meals and then sometimes like a, a snack before bed or sometimes it depends. Um, but focusing on meals is really, really important. And um, so whether we're overeating or undereating, really both are going to impact our metabolism. So trying to find that like healthy medium for you, that's going to be really key. Mm-hmm. And just stop, just stop with the skipping meals and like working through your projects and things like that and skipping lunch. And mm-hmm. right, we really got to take time to actually eat food. So that's really important for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think other things to think about is just like exercise and mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. So important. But at the same time, if you are under eating and you're not nourished, and you're high stress, and then you're going to this like high intensity class at night, again, you're adding more fuel to the fire. So you're just perpetuating that like stress cycle Mm -hmm. and it's going to lead to more burnout. So movement is so important, but I think so much of us need more gentle movement and need just things like walking, Maybe it's weightlifting, but it's not just like intensity and like beating the clock and trying to race through something, like just moving through it slower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's, that's really important. Like movement is so key, especially weightlifting for women as they get older. Like weightlifting, weightlifting is so essential for bone density. Mm-hmm. And of course, we lose a lot of muscle mass as we age. And so we want to make sure that like we're trying to maintain that muscle mass because that's important for longevity. And just like your mobility and your agility, like you're going to feel so much better just maintaining that muscle mass. And it's definitely hard to do as, as women, for sure, when you have, you know, hormones that start to decline as you age, but, um, yeah, so those are definitely some things that, that I would recommend going back to also like eating within 30 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes of waking up, like that's going to be really important. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what else is there? Carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Um, stop fearing carbohydrates. Like that's a really big one. Yeah. <laughs> Carbs are our friends and your body needs that glucose. So mm-hmm. it's just choosing the right forms of carbohydrates. You know, it's, I always recommend fruits and roots because they're so mineral dense. Yeah. Fruits and roots are great. High minerals, high antioxidants. It's going to give you, especially fruits, it's going to give you like real quick usable energy, which is what we actually need and our brain needs when we're so type A and stressed. And in the day, I mean, we we need this energy. So like, that's the time to enjoy your fruits and roots. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So just not fearing the carbohydrates. And if you're coming from like a low carb diet and lifestyle, go slow with that. I Mm -hmm. think that's where a lot of women can, um, can kind of go wrong with it is just they bring on carbs too fast. And then this is where we get into the cycle of like, oh, I tried, but like carbs don't work for me and they make me fat. And it's like, actually, let's kind of revisit this and like really look at the kind of carbs carbs you're eating, the time of day that you're eating it, you know, the quantity that you're eating it. Because it's not that they make you fat. It's just there's probably other factors to look at there. Yeah, you know, I love that you said it's it's almost this reminder here, right? That like I, I guarantee every woman listening to this is either the CEO of her family, the CEO of a company, runs so her own true. business, a leader in whatever you're doing. Like no matter what, you know that like strategy is a requirement for leadership. And when you're trying to be the leader of your body, I think that that reminder to slow down and and listen to what she's saying to you is is really important. We just can't force it. You cannot force your body to be anything. So we need to listen to what it's requiring. Totally. Totally. A lot of what you're sharing there. This is this is amazing. Thank you so much. Do you um one last question I have for you. What do you find I you know I named the period whisper the period whisper because it's just a reminder of the way our bodies whisper to us to say, hey, pay attention, pay attention right. and to scream at us later when we ignore it. What do you think is one of the most common ways we ignore the common, one of the most common things you're hearing these days or you've experienced in your own life where we either misinterpret a message of our body? Ooh, okay. Let me think about Bring that on one. Spotlight. That's a good, yeah, totally. <laughs> How we misinterpret our body. Well, there's all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, the, the weight gain is, is an obvious one. Mm-hmm. I'm gaining weight because I'm getting older. Right. Like that's a big one. I'm, I mean, a lot of it, I feel like has to do with age. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, my periods are changing because I'm getting older. <sighs> right. There's, there's oh. a lot around age. I'm getting gray hairs because I'm getting older. Eight. I'm, you know, I'm tired because I'm getting older. I, I find like that's often the thing that that I see and I hear from women. You just yeah. assume it's because we're getting, and then therefore Age, we, yeah. we just accept it. We don't totally. try to or try to understand the roots of it. Totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, I love yeah. asking this question because I always hear something different, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Of course, yeah, yeah, for sure. The gray hair one is interesting. Um, 
Thank you so much, Samantha. So how can people learn more from you? Where is it best that they find you to learn more either in the wellness side or in the biz mentorship side, if that's where they're at? What's, What's the best spot? Yeah, totally. So I do love hanging out on Instagram. If you're interested in all things metabolic health and thyroid health, you can follow me at Holistic Wellness Witch. And then on the business side, all things business entrepreneurship, you can connect with me, Samantha underscore Gladish on Instagram. Um, my website, holisticwellness.ca. Uh, there's the business website, which is samanthagladish.ca. Um, so it's all there. And then of course, our, our podcast, The Wellness Witch, you can always tune into that. And I will put these all these links in the show notes, but I, I so appreciate your time. I know everyone learned a lot here today, but thank, thank you, you for everything. And, oh, my pleasure. Um, and stay warm in the great north. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.